0: All right, I'll do. It. Sign up now and you'll get unlimited for $15 a month and 6 months of Paramount Plus Essential plan on us.
1: Mintmobile.com/switch.
0: Upfront payment of $45 equivalent to $15 per month, unlimited over 40 gigabytes per month, face lower speeds, videos at 480p. Active Mint customers by 53124 get 6 months of Paramount Plus Essential plan auto-renews after 6 months. Offer ends May 31st, 2024. Separate Paramount Plus registration required. Terms and conditions apply. If rated PG. Hi, I'm Daniel, founder of Pretty Litter. Did you know cats tend to hide symptoms of sickness and pain? I learned this the hard way after losing my cat Welcome to Bravo Happy Hour. I'm your host, Megan O'Donnell. Grab yourself a drink and join me every Tuesday and Friday to talk all about Bravo TV. On Tuesdays, I report on all the latest news stories happening in the off-screen lives of our favorite Bravo Leberties. And Friday bonus episodes range from one season wonder recaps, Bravo celebrity product reviews, book club discussions, very random deep dives, and so much more. Sit back, grab your drink, and enjoy the show. Welcome to Bravo Happy Hour. I'm your host, Megan O'Donnell, and today's bonus episode is the beginning of our latest multi-part series all about Tinsley Mortimer's first TV show, High Society. We were introduced to Tins on Real Housewives of New York back in 2017 on Season 9, and she abruptly left the show this past Season 12. But before Roni, in 2010, Tinsley graced our television screens on her own CW reality show, which followed Tinsley and her friends' lives in NYC. If you haven't seen High Society, Head over to YouTube right this moment and go watch it for free before we deep dive into this journey. It's only eight episodes, 20 minutes long, so it's basically nothing. It's like an afternoon during quarantine. This deep dive's guest is Jasper H. Hanbath. He's Bravo Happy Hour's international correspondent based in Berlin and potentially might take offense to some of the deeply disrespectful anti-German rhetoric on this series. Welcome back.
1: Hello, hello, <laughs> hello from Germany. <laughs>
0: <laughs> I can't believe how anti-German this show is. I feel like you're a perfect guest to to go through this. With I
1: know. Oh my God. I mean, we're uh, gonna get into it anyways, but. I felt a little bit offended at points and usually I'm not offended by anything.
0: <laughs> yeah, it's hard to offend you, but I mean I'm not <laughs> German and I and I was deeply offended by some of the things that came out of Dale and Jules's mouth. <laughs> I will right? I will pinpoint them from, from the beginning as the questionable two. <laughs> so oh, this show debuted in twenty ten. So this was right after Tinsley's divorce with Topper, like fresh, like fresh out of the divorce, but before her arrest in Palm Beach with the other guy and obviously before coming on to Roni. So this kind of chronicles Tinsley as like the gossip girl, girl living on the Upper East Side and her (laughs) NYC socialite life. And you think it's going to be as innocent as a gossip girl, but it really is just... The richest people doing the trashiest things for eight full episodes.
1: Absolutely. I mean, you think real people with real money wouldn't act like that, or at least they wouldn't go on TV. And then you see those people, and they do actually come from really rich families. Yeah, but they act like real housewives or Southern Charm people.
0: Well, I think this is a good example of why it's sometimes hard to cast really rich people because they know they're probably deeply problematic and outrageous, <laughs> so they're like, you know what, even if I do potentially go on television, I'm gonna have to be censoring myself to such an extent where it's not even worth coming on because I'm gonna have to change my whole personality. And Tinsley is obviously the leader of the pack on this show and she's just delightful. She's delightful on the show in comparison to the other dirtbags. And I didn't know what to expect because they kind of make it seem like, she's the it girl, she's a snob, she's this, she's that. And I don't get that vibe from her at all. She got a great edit on this show.
1: I know. I mean, of course, the show was casted around her and they obviously asked her first, let's do a show with you. And she was a big name back then. I mean, I even knew of her when I was younger. In the past, you've heard of Tinsley Mortimer because she she was one of the first it girls after, after Paris Hilton, um, but yeah. Of course, on the show, she's super nice. She more or less is the most boring one on the whole show because she has no drama.
0: Well, that's kind of like a great situation for her to be in where she's like, wow, like uh, generally they would make like the star be like the biggest drama queen, the biggest mess. She's going through a divorce. She's incredibly sad about it. She's building this business. She's trying to date. She's navigating this psychotic mother, which Dale We all know her from Roni, but Dale is on another level of cruel (laughs) on this show.
1: Yeah, unbelievable. That woman, like, when you see her on Roni, everyone is like, oh, we want more Dale. We wanted Tinsley to stay so we can see Dale. And then, yeah, when you rewatch High Society, you're like, oh, my God, that woman is awful. Absolutely awful.
0: She has moments, I mean, we'll get into it around episode four, but she (laughs) has moments where like you could tell she's like a doting mother towards the end of the season. But like the first four episodes, she is just so outrageously cruel. And we don't even see her being cruel to Dabney, Tinsley's sister. Like we only see it directed at Tinsley. Yeah. We have to start off with episode one. We'll go through some of the characters, but I do have to say the intro song is the song All the Right Moves by One Republic. And the first (laughs) line is, I know we got it good, but they made it, they got it made and their grass is getting greener each day. (laughs) I know they're looking up, but soon they'll take us down before anyone's knowing our name. So this is a good foreshadowing because the show, people knew their names because of the gossip rags all throughout New York. And we'll hear about how they've been plastered in you know page six the post whatever and then all of them had their reputations ruined after this show to the point where most of them have gone completely dark on the internet you can't find a single thing about any of them in the past like five or six years other than tinsley i know
1: know, it's so weird like it's so hard to dig up dirt on them now
0: (laughs) I think it's like... And
1: most of them, like, they have their Insta uh, private as well and everything. So, like, oh, God, yeah. the show didn't really help help them to become famous.
0: No, it did quite the opposite. And that's also the case with NYC Prep. You really can't find a lot about those people. You can find some about, like, that Sebastian guy and I think that Jesse girl. But the others, like, they are, like, dark on the internet because... You know, when you make a goddamn fool of yourself, you generally don't want to have people like us following you and then being able to, like, (laughs) report on it.
1: (laughs) Um, Might happen sometimes.
0: (laughs) I'm bored. What do they expect us to do? We're locked inside. Like, of course I'm going to go too far back into someone's Instagram in the hopes of finding something, a comment, something that tips me off, something I could talk about. (laughs) (laughs)
1: Oh oh my god well if
0: we jump into the cast of characters of course we have tinsley mortimer she's an nyc socialite going through a bad divorce with topper who was her high school sweetheart back in the day she was ranked the number one socialite going against olivia palermo and so that's how i know her because i was criminally obsessed with olivia palermo growing up and i would like Oh God. So embarrassing, like I had this, this is so bad. I had this notebook. I had like a notebook and like three magazines when I went on a trip to Italy when I was probably in like seventh or eighth grade. And my mom got me like three people magazines because she knew I was obsessed. And so like I cut out photos of like Kate Moss and Olivia Palermo and I would write down like the exact outfit that they were wearing and put it on like my outfit wish list. I was like, I'm gonna wear a leopard print, fur vest with a white turtleneck chunky thigh high suede boots and i was like mom we need to buy these things and she's like <laughs> we're in italy megan why are you in your room scrapbooking fashion
1: i'm <laughs> like i can't it's fashion explain it. vision board
0: <laughs> yeah things i've never owned <laughs> <laughs> So of course we know Tinsley. We don't really have to go into that. We have her sister Dabney, who is helping Tinsley out on her handbag line, which is, has the weirdest name, Samantha Tavasana,
1: <laughs> I thought it was uh, Tavasana.
0: Oh, <laughs> it could have been. I feel like that's a yoga pose.
1: <laughs> <laughs> yeah, I think it's Samantha Tavasana. Thabasa. Thabasa. <laughs> just, yeah, really
0: <laughs> it is just the man that the Vasa,
1: <laughs> You don't know that label? No, do you? It was huge. Well, it, it was big, big back then. It was really, really big in Japan. When I used to live in Tokyo, you had like quite a few stores and they were famous for like doing all those collaborations with... Tinsley Mortimer, Paris Hilton. They were one of the first, I think, first brands that collaborated with um, celebrities.
0: That wasn't in my fashion journal back in seventh
1: grade. (laughs) (laughs) Clearly.
0: So Dabney helps her. We see Dabney and Jules are kind of friends, which we'll get into. Um, And Dabney's totally harmless and seems like a really good sister. We have Dale Mercer who is Tinsley's mother and is deemed an interior designer, which rich women love to call themselves interior designers. It just means you have a home that you designed. (laughs) You've not done anybody else's, but you're like, when I have 10 homes, I basically am an interior (laughs) designer.
1: (laughs) Went to Ikea once. (laughs) Yeah.
0: (laughs) Yeah, I feel like Dale would burst into flames if she walked into an Ikea.
1: <laughs>
0: what is this maze? What do you mean? I don't get to put things in a cart. <laughs> then we have, actually, we'll leave the best last. We have Alex Osipow, who is the one person who pretty much has their head on their shoulders. She is a lawyer. She's married to a Wall Street guy. She's friends with Tinsley Mortimer and Dabney, and she's actually friends with Juliet from Ladies of London too. When I ended up oh, doing so, I some, didn't know that. Juliet, like, has her finger on, like, the pulse of, like, rich people from all over the world. Like, I Absolutely. feel like she she knows a lot of people. Did she hang out with Lindsay Lohan?
1: Yeah, they were really good friends back then.
0: Damn, best friends. Um, she's barely on the show. She has a couple good one-liners and in the beginning has a really really pivotal role in episode one. And I kind of think what happened to her in episode one made her not want to do the other episodes. I feel like that really- My
1: eye, my eye. (laughs) Yeah.
0: Trigger warning on that, you guys.
1: She probably was like, yeah, I don't want to do this.
0: I mean, I think she probably realized, wow, this is the tone of the show. It's not about like young women shopping, working, a little bit of drama here and there. It's like, oh no. There is actual violence. There's violence involved. (laughs) Then we have Paul Johnson Calderon, who is deemed the Page Six Scandal Boy. (laughs) He considers himself to be the heir of the Johnson and Johnson fortune. However, there's nothing on the internet that says that. And Jules, who will describe next, also said that that is not true and a lie he says he describes himself as the king of bow ties and he also claims he was a stylist at vogue details magazine interview which vogue has said he did not work there which <laughs> not surprising <laughs> paul will be a very um i'm like being coy about him right now because i'm about to rip him a new asshole in about 15 minutes so i'm like okay yeah. moving on <laughs> so we're moving on to jules kirby She is a trust fund party girl. She's the daughter of a Manhattan power lawyer and a French model. Duh. And she comes from the billionaire Dreyfus family who in like a web of family members is supposedly um, (laughs) related to Julia Louis Dreyfus from Seinfeld and Beep. But after being on this show, (laughs) Julia's people were like, we are not related. Like, even if we are related, (laughs) we are not like, please do not get it twisted. That is not the way I behave, act, think, anything. And Jules will be, I would say, the most deplorable person I've ever seen on television.
1: I know, she's absolutely horrible. Like, she... Jules is the worst, but I do have to say I hate Paul more. Oh, wow. But she is absolutely absolutely horrible at least she was back then i think we're gonna get into what she's up to now <laughs> yeah. later um but yeah i think because i when i was looking her up and i saw that she's related to julia lu dry i was really surprised as well and i think it's from her mother's side somehow right like it's,
0: uh, yeah
1: it's really yeah, weird side. it's a really weird family tree
0: we have Deborah Rose. She's is a token social climber on the show, trying to find a way to get into the social scene. She's the editor-in-chief of Social Life magazine, which probably is just available only in the Hamptons. But she does think it is Vanity Fair. She <laughs> will come to more information on her, but she was Venez- born in Venezuela and moved to... The States, her real name is Denise Trachtenberg not Devorah Rose, which again will be highly dug into in about five episodes.
1: <laughs> Little Deborah Denise Trachtenberg from <laughs> Plano, Texas, actually. Yeah. <laughs> and actually everyone knew her before anyone else on the show because she was on what? Season one, two, three of Roni? when she put um, Bethany Franco on the cover back then.
0: Yeah, and she says Bethany is like one of her icons, like how she made it on her own. And she's another one where you really can't find her anywhere. She has like definitely stopped getting the work done on her face, and is probably like, eat, pray, love, healthy. <laughs> she wants to end hewlin. She's an end healer. She hates meat, meat trade.
1: <laughs> she's best friends with LVP, I guess.
0: Yeah, I mean, it, probably in her head, she's like, um, I almost <laughs> put you on my magazine cover. You're my best friend. <laughs>
1: no. Don't you think she probably was on the cover? I think every freaking housewife was on the cover of Social Life magazine.
0: Oh, wow. Nicole Kidman was on the cover? Angelina oh, Jolie?
1: Those are probably stock photos she bought.
0: Well, that there. was one of the things <laughs> that I read in like her New York Times article, which we'll get into when we do, like, where are they now? And it was saying that Howard Stern's wife, whose, whose name is escaping me, Beth, Stern, I guess, like posed for the cover, quote unquote, posed for the cover, but actually just like sent professionally done photos she had done on another shoot to <laughs> Social Life Magazine, right. and they posted that as the cover. and And then Devora was in an interview, being like, "My most proud moment at the magazine was Beth Stern's photo shoot." <laughs> I was like, "Wait, <laughs> you didn't do one? We well.
1: weren't even there.
0: <laughs> yeah, we emailed you high res pictures." <laughs> Oh my God. So Kyle was on the cover. I'm going to have to do like a full slideshow of images. Sonia Morgan. Oh my God. Whitney Port when she had her old face. Kim when she had her old face. Wow.
1: Every freaking reality star has been on the cover of that magazine. It's like noble man
0: <laughs> basically the same thing i see oh i see kelly ben attending parties for for them alex mccord going to some parties oh yeah so she's all about that housewife's life um where's ramona where's her cover shoot
1: once ramona is finished with her face maybe then she's gonna get on the cover <laughs> maybe that's why she had a facelift <laughs>
0: Because oh, Ramona. Oh, yeah, she under- had a
1: facelift, too. Well, she
0: probably was like, you know what? Sonia got a facelift and is, like, very out and proud about it, so I should get a facelift. It's good for her. And wow. I want to be on the
1: cover of Deborah Denise Trostenberg's magazine.
0: <laughs> yeah, that's the highest honor in the world. <laughs> but I did get a lot of Alex McCord vibes from Devorah, like the desire to be in a social scene. Very much rejected. But like, still trying and going to these designers that no one's ever heard of. And she's like, um, right. this corset was worn by Nicole Kidman. It's like, yeah, that's weird. Why are you wearing it then? Like, Where did you get uh, it? Yeah,
1: <laughs> where did you steal from now? <laughs> yeah.
0: So this leads us into episode one called She's Flying Solo. And the first scene, we get somber music where Tinsley is taking her makeup off, yet she still has a smoky eye on. Like, she's just <laughs> taking makeup off like her face part, not the eyes. Uh, she talks about how this is the first time she's ever been single because her and Topper met in high school. And how she's moving to her first big loft in Midtown, which we will see Dale basically (laughs) rip apart. This like gorgeous loft. Like I can't even imagine living in a place like that.
1: I was like, that apartment, that loft is amazing. I really, really liked it.
0: It had really nice high ceilings. And then that wall of bookshelves, which like we all know, She's not reading, but she's probably thinking <laughs> get some beautiful books. Like, she probably had an interior designer buy like 10 grand worth of books just to fill that wall.
1: And surely it wasn't Dale.
0: No, definitely not Dale. So we immediately start going to cool parties. So immediately, the show starts off truly on the wrong side of history. We end up at. <laughs> We end up at Georgina Chapman's event. So Georgina Chapman is the designer for Marquesa. Georgina is married to Harvey fucking Weinstein. And he is obviously at the party.
1: <laughs> I was thinking the same. Like, yeah, within the first three minutes or whatever of the show, they're already at half of the Weinstein's plays and whatever and then Tinsley even says oh I love Harvey Weinstein like oh Jesus yeah that's oh. a bad start that was already an omen that <laughs> the show won't last too long
0: yeah it definitely did not age well <sighs> we have Robert Verdi there which I couldn't remember his name before the Chiron came up and so I like stopped the show and I was typing in like bold fashion icons <laughs> <laughs> And it wasn't coming up. It was like, what is his name? And then the Chiron came up. So Robert Verity was there and he was talking with Tinsley about her new bagline, Samantha Tavasa. <laughs> Not Thavasa, <bossa>, though. <laughs> I'll never live that one
1: down.
0: <laughs> and then he's talking about the new bagline and says he's so happy, but then he shades her friend because the friend isn't wearing one of Tinsley's purses. She's wearing a Chanel bag, which is a little bit more, uh, has a little bit more brand recognition than a. At
1: the Vasa. yeah, and it's probably a bit like better
0: yeah, probably.
1: better fabric
0: I mean I mean the,
1: the bag that Hinsley wore was ugly, it was really ugly. I was like, dude, you better don't wear that bag because that's not good publicity for yourself either. <laughs>
0: Yeah, her bags looked like Kathy Van Vreeland. Van Vreeland, I don't know. It was like a really tacky like US brand. And she was just a horrible, horrible designer. But it's like very of the time of like 2009 where you even think like, Tinsley, like, you thought this was cute? Like you thought it was cute? <laughs> Granted, her questionable, her outfits have been questionable since day one. But we then see some cross cuts to her talking about her divorce from Topper. And they had met In school in New Jersey, growing up, we see like all these photos of like them at their wedding and all these happy moments, and his face is blurred out.
1: (laughs) I I don't understand why are they allowed to say his name but they can't show his face.
0: Maybe because Topper is a nickname and not his real name. I found his name is Richard, (laughs) which I
1: (laughs) (laughs) I didn't know that either. But I mean, when you Google Tinsley Mortimer and you Google Topper Mortimer, you find pictures of them.
0: Yeah, I don't know why. I think he probably was trying to, like, remain somewhat out of the show, even though he's, like, very much an integral part of the show, unbeknownst to him, probably.
1: He's like Charlie and Charlie's Angels. Yeah. Never there, but they always... Somehow he is always there, but never seen. (laughs)
0: So we obviously all know Topper is a Mortimer. He's really loaded. His grandfather was the president of Standard Oil. So that's not oil money, which I'm trying to get some, even though oil is basically dead. We then see pictures of their old Upper East Side apartment. She was the Upper East Side it girl. She went to every fashion party, designer would her products. And I guess one of their main points of contention between the two of them was that Topper's family hated that she had this booming social life, and I liked this one part where Tinsley was saying, and she's constantly photographed, she's constantly in the gossip rags, and she said, like, high society in the olden days said you would only be in the papers when you were born, when you died, and when you get married, which is very, very mm-hmm. classy. <laughs> so that's a little bit about Tinsley. Then we, we moved to Paul. We get into Paul, uh, Paul Johnson Calderon, and he's in a limo, obviously, and he is kind of tied into all of these people because he dated Tinsley's brother-in-law. So Topper had a half-brother who obviously is gay and dated Paul, which I was shocked about that Topper had an out gay person in his face. It was his half-brother, so maybe <laughs> they're like, it he's not so <laughs> <laughs> Yeah, At least Topper's Yeah, I was surprised
1: as well. I was really surprised as well.
0: He's talking about how he used to work at Vogue, which is not true. We see him in the backseat of this limo with a the guy, the guy named Malik Sochik, and they're smoking cigarettes, he's wearing a bow tie, he's proudly talking about how he has a drinking problem, he has gone to rehab twice, and he's like, and I'm still drinking. It's like,
1: yeah. Oh, no, it, it, yeah, he's so proud of it, and he's so proud that he did it twice, and like, yeah, but I'm still drinking, oh uh, 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 god. god, you clearly haven't learned anything, have you?
0: Well, the problem that, like, when you kind of go back and forth between who's worse, Paul or Jules, I find <laughs> Jules to be worse, because Paul has openly said, one in this little section, that he, quote, desperately wants to be loved, and... Like, that he wants a family, that he wants a life one day, but clearly, like, he's just not ready to quit the partying and quit that lifestyle to get it or to do any sort of, of like, introspection and, like, take rehab seriously, like, be in a place where, like, you could be honest with yourself. And, and so that's kind of why I feel bad. Like, I feel like he's just, like, so dark and alone. Like, you can even see, like, he only has conversations with his mother about money. Like, there's no personal connection there
1: you're like Fuck well, now. probably because he was on drugs the whole time so clearly he can't even talk about normal stuff
0: yeah so in the backseat of this limo he's talking about how page six accused him of stealing girls bag at a club called the eldridge the village boys told me i was like winona ryder and this article on page six was, was my paris hilton sex tape moment <laughs> He's proud of it again. Like he's like, um, love it. Like just got killer press. Like all press is not good press when it comes to like you being a thief, like a rich thief. That's the sad part. Oh,
1: no. I, I can't stand him. I'm sorry.
0: <laughs> no, I mean, what, do you have to apologize to me? He's atrocious. <laughs> we see him and Malik So Chic going to a quote unquote spank party in Tribeca. He immediately starts making out with some guy. He's drinking, having fun. He leaves the party in a huff and gets back into the limo and immediately throws a beer out the window. Which there's so much glass throwing on this show, I was shooketh <laughs> by the glass throwing. <laughs> Who throws glass? It's glass.
1: And especially a lot of it happens outside. And like, Yeah. How can you drink outside?
0: Well, one, that's very illegal in the city, but I don't think he even considers law. Even, like, we'll see him, like, get into, like, <laughs> five or six little s- situations with the law on this show. And he obviously has a past of theft. <laughs> like, we'll see, like, un- another wall sconce situation, which was very <laughs> Ramona at Dorinda's <laughs> Berkshire's house. <laughs> oh, my God. And then this moves into... Our first scene with the one and only Jules Kirby at the Empire Hotel. So Jules is a well-known party girl. She says, people don't like me because I'm smart and pretty. She says she has a huge trust fund and homes in St. Barts, Thailand, New York. It's like, that's funny because you're living in a hotel in New York. So if you had a house there, <laughs> I, I don't know. I might guess you'd be living there if your parents maybe wanted you.
1: <laughs> yeah, right. If your parents wanted you to live at a home. But I think because she's living with Daphne Mm -hmm. at the Empire, and I think because it was around the um, time that Gossip Girl was on, they wanted a connection to the Empire Hotel because it is a big part of Gossip Girl. So I think, (laughs) I actually think that production paid for them to live there. They were like, oh, we need someone to live there, but obviously we can't have Tinsley live there.
0: Yeah, Tinsel lived in um, the hotels years later.
1: (laughs) Years later. That's true. Forgot about that. That was a big part of her story, wasn't it? (laughs) Living in a hotel. Um.
0: When you're ready to pop the question, the last thing you want to do is second-guess the ring. At BlueNile.com, you can design a -a one-of-a-kind ring with the ease and convenience of shopping online. Choose your diamond and setting. When you find the one, you'll get it delivered right to your door. Take charge of your health and speak with a board-certified physician about a weight loss plan that's right for you. Get started today at plushcare.com slash weight loss. That's plushcare.com slash
1: weight loss. plushcare.com slash weight loss. And I guess they somehow wanted Jules to be on the show for whatever reason. So they were like, oh, we need to tie her in. So let's make her live with Daphne at a hotel.
0: (laughs) Yeah. So they're living at this hotel together. This is also like a great juxtaposition between like Dabney being like a good Southern girl and Jules just being a horrific New York City brat. (laughs) So Jules gets in a testimonial and says, "Mm, I don't have friends who are gay, Jewish, and I don't like black guys. I only like white guys. Then we cross cut to... Like a like a scene of her like in a club and there's like a black girl walking past her, not doing anything. She goes, Get that tell that black girl to get away from us. And then she says, I use the N-word sometimes, and I think that should be okay to say. And then directly after, which is genius editing, the <laughs> editor has her say, My dream is to work at the UN.
1: <laughs> I was like, Yeah, what the fuck? Oh. Girl. I mean the sound bits they put together. Like, she probably said united in another sentence, (laughs) a nation somewhere else. Because can she be that stupid? Doesn't she realize as a racist idiot, you won't get a job at the United Nations?
0: (laughs) Yeah, generally, like, international affair and policy workers aren't, like, aggressively racist on television. And then after the show, because, I mean, this is the tip of the iceberg of her being just, like, just heinous like a heinous woman she then um like goes on to the blogs or whatever goes into the press saying like the cw made me say these things the cw didn't make you say anything you sat there and said i don't like gays jewish people or black men and then like they had like a candid camera video of you telling a black (laughs) girl to just get away from you in general like doing nothing. I have to go back to see if the black girl was even looking at her, which I doubt.
1: (laughs) I don't think so. She was walking, I think she was on her way to the bathroom or whatever. Like, she had nothing to do with them. Oh, yeah, she's a horrible person. But then also I read an interview where um, Deborah Denise Trachtenberg also said that production made her do all those things and say all those things. She was jumping on the same bandwagon as Jules. There's a lot of fakeness in that show, but I don't think they can make you say, I hate homosexuals, Jewish people, fat people, and black people. <laughs> <But> yeah. <laughs> no, and, and why would you? And also, like, how did they make you say those things? It, it would be different if it was fiction. Then you could be like, I'm an actress. But no, you're on a reality show playing yourself. If it was me in that interview, I would be like, if they tell, told me to say stuff like that, I would be, okay, I'm actually gonna, gonna go home and not be part of the show.
0: Yeah. I mean, at a certain point, if someone was making you say those things and then you were like, okay, I'll say them, like, that's a you problem. Like, even if they did ask you to say that, that is all on you to not be able to consciously say, wow, I'm going to come off horrific. We see footage of her and Dabney in the hotel and Tools is just such a frantic bitch. She's sitting on the couch, calling the hotel lobby, being like, where's the manager? And clearly like the person on the other line was like, "Um, he's unavailable right now or maybe not on... Uh, on call right now and she's like um we're in a recession right now get some fucking better people working for you guys and get me the fucking manager and Daphne's standing right there and she's like are you fucking kidding like you're out of control like this is so inappropriate you need to call back downstairs and apologize you need to apologize you need to apologize so she finally gives the phone to Jules and Jules takes the phone doesn't apologize and then just chucks the phone at the wall so much throwing in this show (laughs) yeah. <laughs> so many different objects. <laughs> That's the tip of the iceberg with Jules. Uh, we will be seeing a lot more of her throughout the next seven episodes. We then go to Paul Johnson Calderon, which I love saying all three names at once. It's kind of like Sarah Jessica Parker.
1: <laughs> <laughs> oh my God, he would love that comparison.
0: I know, I really hope he doesn't listen to this, which like, I feel like he's still kind of someone who is like oh, keeping tabs on what's going on and we'll kind of get to it, but... I went on his LinkedIn to see like what Paul's up to and he's potentially been working for Dumois.com since January, 2011 saying he's the director of social media, which if you guys know Dumois, it's like the celebrity gossip thing on Instagram. And I don't know, Paul's also a pathological liar. So I could see him just like putting that on LinkedIn and like hoping people think he's like a gossip monger when it's like, you're actually like still unemployed probably like living off your quote-unquote inheritance. So we see him go to the Russian tea room with his mother, his delusional mother. She is really, really sweet, and it's shocking that Paul is her son, which also kind of tells me that she was never around because, like, a mom like that probably wouldn't create Spawn like him. Right. Um, <laughs> he asks the mom for $50,000 for a new apartment. He's technically already gone through two hundred thousand dollars from his trust fund she agrees to give him twenty five thousand for the trust Must
1: for the apartment
0: nice. yeah for the apartment quote unquote we then he gets the money and is like a kid in a candy shop he's like yay he immediately gets a suite at the royalton hotel he's drinking wine he has this designer come in with like racks and racks and racks of designer clothing like dude like you're gonna spend this in three days and then he calls the people downstairs and he's like, um, excuse me, can someone come up here and draw me a bubble bath? Like, Dude, you literally just have to turn a faucet on and clog the drain. <laughs> that is it. And what I find really interesting about this scene and this whole portion of the show is that he's actually hanging out with Hannah Bronfman. So Hannah is like an influencer I've been following for like five or six years. So when I saw her on the show, like my jaw dropped that she would ever hang out with this piece of shit and she's like a fitness girl she is just like a new mom she's really cute but she is loaded too like I hate influencers when they're like just do what makes you happy it's like yeah well if my dad was the CEO of Sony Music for I don't know 15 years I probably would be doing what makes me happy too but like I have to work (laughs) like
1: right
0: that's a thing
1: i find like yeah his mother is like the sweetest person ever and she's quite funny and we find out later um but you know how usually on housewives everyone is always like oh my god the kids are amazing like everyone always loves little kids and how come i mean it has changed with avery singer but a few years ago i think we all thought that avery is so much Smarter and better than Ramona, and how could that kid be so nice and the mother so awful? And with this show, it's exactly the opposite way the mother is so nice, and the kid is the worst person on the planet.
0: Yeah, and I, then
1: also, like, how yeah, he asked for 50,000, gets 25,000, is partying all night, and we never ever hear about that apartment he wanted to get again.
0: Yeah, I wonder if he lives in a hotel, too. Him, I mean, I was going to say him and Jules should have lived together, but probably would have been a little
1: bad. No, I, <laughs> no, later on at some point when there is this big scandal coming out of about him, we see him at home. He lives in some, it kind of looks like Brooklyn, a brownstone oh. in Brooklyn.
0: Oh, Brooklyn. <gasps>
1: <laughs> it didn't look like the upper east side
0: it's disgusting gross <laughs> well speaking of gross disgusting apartments this takes us to tinsley's New loft in chelsea Or Midtown, and Dale comes over, and she's, like, walking down the street, like, seeing signs. Like, I mean, if you're not, if you've never been to New York, like, Chelsea and the Upper East Side are night and day. Like, very, very different parts of the city. And Upper East Side is, like, personified by Tinsley, like, in those dresses and her whole behavior. I used to live up there, but I, thank God, do not live there anymore, because I didn't fit in. They looked at me on the street like I was nuts. I'm like, this jacket is from H&M. I know. I am poor. I'm, poor. I'm sorry. So we see Dale in the elevator, and she looks so uncomfortable in this like old-looking elevator. Probably confused as to why there's not like an elevator attendant, like or a bench where she could sit. Like she just looked disgusted to even touch a button in the elevator. She's huffing and puffing, and gets up to the ho- gets up to the loft, and it's basically empty, and she's confused by that. Which is, like she just moved in, honey. <laughs> Relax.
1: There's literally boxes next to the door. <laughs> she just moved in.
0: <laughs> she, we then start hearing Dale's perspective on the divorce. She obviously wants Tinsley and Topper to get back together. And Tinsley's like, Mom, it's not happening. You're not getting it. You're not getting it. You're not getting it. And then this is when Tinsley and Dale, I don't remember who brings it up or if it was in a testimonial, but Tinsley... It comes out that Tinsley's become friends with this German prince, Casimir, who lives in London, and Dale is not happy about this. We will will understand why in a little bit, but she really doesn't want Tinsley to get photographed with this guy because she thinks it'll, like, blow her chances of maybe getting back with Topper, and it's pretty clear that Tinsley is over Topper. Like, of course, she, like, loves him and loves the attachment that she's grown with him since like they're they were kids but she's done and and it it doesn't seem like dale can understand that tinsley was like no mom i have to leave like there is like i'll die if i stay with this asshole. like i guess i get he's loaded and like comes from a lot of money but it's just not worth it from here we go (laughs) we go to an aids benefit where tinsley will be auctioning one of her bags and all of her gal pals are going we have competing limo rides, which is one of my favorite things. <laughs> the first limo is Tinsley, Dabney, Alex, and Jules. And the second is Paul and Hannah. They're all going to the AIDS benefit. Uh, and this is kind of where we start hearing about the strange relationship between Paul and Jules. So Jules is saying that Paul sold her purse. And then that was the gossip that was reported in page six. And that's supposedly like Jules leaked the story. And then Jules also said he stole credit cards from her best friend, and I guess Jules, and then we kind of cut to Paul talking shit about Jules, saying she was talking shit to Paul's first boyfriend, he ended up stealing her phone, and read their text messages, which is always a good sign of a good friendship. He said Jules burned down her parents' country home, was arrested in the Hamptons, and also faked cancer because her parents cut her off and she needed money.
1: Those two are just the most horrible, horrible people on the planet back then.
0: oh Yeah, back then, I know. <laughs> like, a lot has changed in 10 years, but there are equally as horrific people. We just generally don't see them plastered on primetime television. He then starts just saying horrible things, calling her two-cam Sam. He hopes she dies in a fire and a big-nosed two-faced biatch. He always says biatch, not bitch, which I also (laughs) really appreciate. (laughs) We also see Jules kind of take a dig at Tinsley, because I guess she's talking to Tinsley, and Tinsley's, like, so not into the drama, and we kind of see that on Roni, too. She never really inserts herself in the drama. She's one of the people who, like, listens Takes it in and keeps it moving, like, doesn't really talk shit back. And Jules is like, Tinsley wasn't even listening to me. She's just a self absorbed divorcee who dresses like a teenager, which, like, could be true.
1: Right? Be true. I mean, she is a monster, but some things are true. <laughs>
0: <laughs> so, from there, we just get one more scene in Paul's limo where I guess, like, the driver turns or something. And he spills a little bit of champagne and he screams at the driver, you need to learn how to fucking drive. The respect levels is just so high. <laughs> so kind, kind kid. Then we enter the AIDS benefit. Paul says hi to Dabney who's standing next to Jules. He turns to Jules's face and screams, ew. <laughs> it's like, he is just so wretched then we have jules basically saying like wow like he comes to this party and snubs me and she goes he's probably going to this aids benefit because it's going to benefit him some way i don't know maybe he's an aids victim
1: (laughs) so ridiculous so horrible (laughs) but then also what i don't understand i mean obviously they Go to any party that they can go to and stuff, but you're going to a benefit. But when we get introduced to you, you say you don't like homosexual people, but you're going to it. I mean, of course, everyone can get AIDS, but back in the 80s, it was mainly homosexual men who got it. And now you're going to an AIDS benefit that actually, yeah is for pe- for a lot of homosexual people, which you don't like.
0: Well, yeah, I think she probably didn't even put two and two together. Like, that's how stupid she is. She's <laughs> like, um, this is a party. Oh. It's a good party for AIDS. I'm helping. It's like, well.
1: Maybe I can get my job at the UN after I was at this party.
0: <laughs> you guys, I love raising money for AIDS victims. Um, can I get a job now? Thanks so we see them leave the event thank god that they got out of like a civilized event and they go to apotique which is like a really was like a really cute bar downtown have we ever been there together no it's actually like really nice it's totally overpriced but it's a speakeasy like down in chinatown and i'd go there like after work functions at like one of my old jobs because it's like a crazy party like it's wild but the drinks are it's one of those places where it's like um i'll have a glass of water they're like great sixteen dollars <laughs> it's like cool nice so paul is hosting a quote-unquote after party there he meets a really hot guy named tommy forces him to take his shirt off immediately and
1: tommy was casted.
0: yeah i don't think tommy was real tommy i mean tommy did some good like sea level acting in later seasons when they were in the park <laughs> Where I'm like, is Tommy in love with Paul? Like, what? Like, how does, how did this happen? (laughs) Tommy was straight off the bus from Columbus, Ohio. Like, he was, like, so innocent. And, like, getting mixed up with Paul just probably ruined his life. In the next portion of this, I'll, I'll get some information on Tommy see what he's up to. <laughs> so after they meet, he's basically saying, my goal in life, other than to be popular and cool, <laughs> is to have a husband in a house. Which, like, that's why I felt bad for Paul. Because, like, he's like, I just want to be popular, cool, loved. And then maybe one day I'll have a husband in a house. It's like, well, you really shouldn't be looking at your life in terms of popularity. <laughs>
1: like, I think <laughs>
0: there might be more to life. I don't know.
1: Maybe. There's gotta be more to life.
0: <laughs> I haven't heard that song in so long.
1: <laughs> it's a classic.
0: <laughs> then we see Jules showing up at the party with Dabney and Alex. And he immediately confronts Jewel at the party saying, why didn't you burn down another country house? Oh wait, you don't even have one. Like, I love rich people dissing. Like, which honestly like I grew up in a somewhat wealthy area of Long Island and I was always middle class but I think I know four kids who burn their parents house down like four different occasions but I also think it's like potentially some insurance fraud where it's like let's tell our son smoke like leave a cigarette burning in the backyard everything will light on fire and we get a new mansion lucky us
1: which gets us back to LVP yet again
0: (laughs) Yeah, I mean, LVP is the queen of some good uh, fire lawsuits. I can't believe all of my places keep burning down. Like, yeah,
1: right. So weird.
0: It's so odd. So then Jules then rebuttals and some testimonial saying, like, he's either going to kill himself or end up in jail. Which
1: Which is quite true. Yeah, true.
0: (laughs) Yeah, Jules, like, is not wrong on that one. She's not right with pretty much anything she says. But she's not wrong about that one. <laughs> then he is clearly just drinking and wasted and basically, like, swarming her at the party, being like, I'm going to beat your fucking ass. I'm going to beat your fucking ass. And so Jules and... I just was going to call her Kirby. So Jules and Alex end up going into the bathroom and there's, like, a little bathroom stall area where you can wash your hands. And he takes his full glass of Jameson and chucks it in the bathroom to try to hit Jules, and it hits Alex directly in the face, and she has Jameson in her eyeballs.
1: My eyes, my eyes.
0: <laughs> I mean, it's not funny. You shouldn't be, like, laughing that she was hurt. No,
1: it's not funny at all, because but... when you actually watch this scene, it is really shocking, because... And also, I mean, it was, of course, a teaser, that scene as well, right? Like, yeah. In the trailer and in the beginning and everything, right? Like, Jesus Christ, he actually could have, like, yeah, made her blind. Yeah. If that glass would have shattered.
0: Yeah, that would have been really bad for him. So, then obviously, he's like, oops, I didn't mean to hit you. I didn't mean to hit you. I meant to hit you if I gave match. like <laughs> And then they call 911 on him, and naturally, he jumps in a limo, and the cops, like, I guess, pinned him in, so where this bar is, it's, like, an L-shaped street, which is, like, why it's kind of cool, and it's, like, in the, like, the, the crease of the L, and so cops, like, were on both sides, and so he runs away on foot, and just, like, hops in a cab, and he's, like, I'm going to Avenue, which is, like, another, like, completely overpriced nightclub. It's, like, bro, you just got the cops called on you never go to the third location it's what oprah says i think oprah says that like don't go to the third <laughs> location and i i wish i would have listened to that just so many evenings in my life never go to the third location mm. but well, now
1: we can't even go to one
0: i know trust like even like when i go to one like i abuse it like all of a sudden i'm like my body is no longer a temple fuck me up like i need to be having fun i need to be eating unhealthy food and just having fun well, then we go to a really sad part. We get back to Tinsley's apartment. Well,
1: oh. don't forget there was a really important zeitgeist moment at that, in, in, at that bar as well when they're fighting. Because at one point, Paul yells at Jules, I don't want your crackberry. I have an iPhone. <laughs> <laughs> I was dying. So... Tech but i thought it was really, it was a really really important message that needed to be included in this conversation i don't want your crackberry i have an iphone
0: i mean that's tech shaming tech shaming
1: <laughs>
0: <laughs> then we get back to tinsley's apartment her shithole, <laughs> no, actually, no. We're not at her shithole apartment. We're at her old apartment on Seventy Ninth and Madison, which I found out because I saw a Seraphina in the background, which we went to before. We didn't go to that location, but we went to the Midtown one before Countess's show. Yeah. Um, and we see her moving out of her old apartment, and all of her things are being taken out. Topper is standing on the street with his face blurred out again, talking on the phone <laughs> like he couldn't even give her, like, a conversation or anything. And you can see she's really struggling. And then she goes home, and she's crying in her bed, and it was really hard to watch. Like, I loved Tins. Like, I think she's, like, a, such a sweet night's girl, and... To see, like, how much Topper was like, I don't give a fuck. Just get your shit and leave. <laughs> fuck off.
1: Yeah, I mean, I can't. Know. Let's be honest. She is very needy, isn't she?
0: Yeah, I mean. But I think that also comes from, like, the being a product of Dale. I feel like she probably True. just, like, knows, like, Dale is at her beck and call and, like, whatever things she ever wanted she probably would get in a second whether it was like love affection and and you know she's one of those girls who probably grew up with like six housekeepers and nannies in the house so she probably always had attention and then becomes a socialite which is attention times a million and then now it's like oh wait like you might lose your street cred because of this divorce and your mom's upset with you and and you think you're going to lose your friends because of it and so i could see like all her thinking her whole life is going to go to shit which like kind of does for a couple of years thanks <laughs> tune in next week for part two which is episodes two and three's recap there's so much to unpack there so if you haven't watched high society on youtube yet go and watch it if you're loving the show head to apple podcast leave a five-star review only say nice things if you have something mean to say go i don't know say it to someone you know in real life all right thanks for listening bye Thanks so much for catching up with me, Megan O'Donnell, on this episode of Bravo Happy Hour. Until next time, be sure to follow Bravo Happy Hour on all social media platforms and feel free to shoot me an email at bravohappyhourpod at gmail.com with any hot juicy gossip or just to say what's up. Stay tuned on Tuesdays and Fridays for more episodes of Bravo Happy Hour and if you're loving the show, head on over to Apple Podcasts and give me some love in the form of a five-star review. Thanks for listening and have a great rest of your day.